spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Superlight Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must-have travel shoes have a lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. That means more comfort and less baggage. Experience how Allbirds is redefining comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. This is the Sound of Succession podcast with Jamie East and Chris Mendel is part of the Dragon Cast series where we talk about the best TV shows in the world. HBO, please don't sue us. You know what to do? Like and subscribe. Ah, fuck off. Well, 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 if it isn't you lot, it welcome to the Sound of Succession. Uh, I'm Jamie East. And I am Chris Mandel. And we jump from the earliest recording we've ever done to the latest recording we've ever yes. done. It is like just coming up to 6pm uh, UK time, Greenwich Mean Time, uh, which means the editing scissors will probably not get very used, not get used very much at all, uh, because I want to get this up kind of like soon. But... Um, Life, so we have to. We've, we've been busy. counting votes, haven't we? That's what we've, we've been, been busy counting votes. I've been um, planning my concession speech. Um, <laughs> I've been starting fires. Just have the, you? Just wow. for the sake of it, yeah. <laughs> I've been. I've been drinking things that really should never be drunk. So, right. Want- my question. I, I think we've got the same question. <laughs> we've all got the same question, and I'm sure the listeners have got the question. We're going to ask the listeners. Go on, then. What's the question? What was Greg drinking? I think it's got to be urine. And Mm -hmm. because they're Scandinavian and Nordic, I'm going for reindeer piss. (laughs) As some kind of like frat bro initiation, taking slightly taking the piss out of Gregory. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, it's like hazing, isn't it? It's something like hazing. Yeah, a little bit. It's, it's something like that, isn't it? I kind of thought, after everything with Ebba, that they might have made him drink a drop of blood or something. Ooh, like a like a like. Say he had a because I just imagined they were at some scuzzy bar in like Manhattan. Yeah, and I just imagined he comes back with a little vodka tonic, and they're like a little vial of. Lucas's blood and they're like Thawed. you know ha- yeah. how much do you want to join this company kind of thing Amazing. because there's something about yeah the piss is a good is a good guess because it's quite deprived de- depraved but the blood is really something that you shouldn't drink yeah, yeah, um, yeah and I don't even know you know there are some kinky folk out there and hello if you're listening that I do am. enjoy drinking yeah. each other's piss I don't know anyone that drinks someone else's blood. For Angelina fun. Jolie and uh, Billy Bob Thornton. That's right. She did have a necklace, didn't she? Mm. So I thought that my other guess was maybe sweat, but there wouldn't be, it would be quite hard to procure. You'd have to wear one of those suits that boxers wear when they're running and kind of yeah. like with, a, with like almost like a, you know, like a water butt tap. Yeah, yeah. the bottom of the leg, I think. Oh, but again. I mean, turn on the tap. But if anyone had a, f- a little flask of his own sweat, it would probably be Lucas. Yeah, it does. There um, is a, there is something of the um, of the American psycho about him, isn't there? Yeah. So so, I mean, this is a really weird episode, and I think 
it felt I'm, odd. Yeah, I'm glad we've had all day to think about it because I genuinely have been thinking about it all day. Yeah. Um, I don't think it was really one of my favourites. I think it's probably my least favourite of the season. Um, I think my initial take on, on it is it's a very difficult episode to get into if you aren't an American voter. I agree. I agree. Uh, it, it, I mean, our voting system is also complicated, fucked up and exhausting to follow, but theirs is something else. I the think also votes and college votes, it's just like, it's also absolutely even, beyond me. Even by the end of the episode, the new president has not been like sworn in. It is just a case has been made that preemptively this person has the most votes and, and there's and a, that's a process what, after that. And that's a very American thing as well. And what yeah. this what this was what the episode was about was 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 really the power and the blurred lines between media and government and corp and corporate America and, and and the government. Yeah. And I don't despite the fact that, you know, Murdoch in the UK, et cetera, et cetera, it's fairly blurred. It's it's at least on election night, I don't think we have the same kind of hoo ha brouhaha around mm. calling the election it's not a thing because it's kind no. of like we just wait for votes to be counted we're a smaller country it's a very simple yeah it's a kind of simpler yeah. system the the way that the way that they judge who's won is slightly com- complex but at least it's down to how many people in the country have voted whereas in america yeah. it really isn't even like that i think and, the scale of it is is just yeah mind-blowing so what i got from this was a was was more about it wasn't about who america had voted it was it was the it, it showed you the mighty weight of something like your fox news or something yeah. like your cnn and yeah. the 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 conscience you know the conscience that you must have on a night like that because there were moments you know and there were plenty of amazing moments in it um where that responsibility did weigh heavy on almost everybody in the room except roman mm. you know, um yeah yeah it's funny how the episode is called america decides and the and really lesson that we learned was that america is powerless to choose and that the decisions are not even made by political masterminds they're made by people that have done a bump of coke because they haven't got any caffeine yeah. someone who's got wasabi in his eye from a bodega <laughs> sushi box Everyone is running around like a headless chicken, and yeah. even the the self-appointed kingmakers, which were uh, Roman, Kendall, Shiv, kind of Tom, even yeah. each of those were going, well, I'm not going to say it, but I know what I would say. And they would. there was this kind of weird echo chamber when they would all talk a good game about, let's call it, and then it was like, it just felt a bit like Macbeth, where they don't want to say the name of Macbeth, they, you know. It was yeah. just really interesting. But also, yeah, as you said, I mean, it's horrifying power of the media, even if it's not a direct parallel to Fox. It's really clear that that's the inspiration behind this kind of thing. Oh, 100%. And, yeah. and it's just, it's. It, I think, you know, the thing that it lacked for me is like, it was just bleak without any uh, counterweight, which is what Succession always does so well. It's sort of bleakly funny. And mm. I think this is the most serious episode and I think it's the most yeah. depressing episode. Yeah, there weren't but many I laughs at all. That's nothing all. really. And the jokes, I actually didn't really think the jokes were even funny because the situation was so grave. Where were the jokes? Um, well, like when Greg tried to put the l- lemon 
Lacroix in oh, it's, it's a his little bit eye. And, yeah, yeah. A little bit yeah. limited. You know, it was this kind of like fast stuff. But I kind of think, I was thinking a lot with this episode that, um, you know, they've kind of cut the show short, I suppose. Like, I think HBO would have loved it to have done five, six, seven seasons and they made a decision to stop after four. Yeah. I think you can see why they couldn't do Succession much longer because it's hard to break away from like the usual like pattern without it just feeling really depressing. And I, I kind of wondered watching this, Jesse Armstrong of the sleep involved in some of the best political writing with like the thick of it. And he um, wrote this episode as well, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it's clear that he wanted to do an election in this universe. But I think you could also see a case where he was like, what does it look like if, if it's, there's no joke. What does it look like if this is okay? Face the music. This is horrifying. Yeah. yeah so yeah. it's an interesting exercise in what this show can look like if it mutates into something. But you know, it's it's just a really odd tone, and and I found it just just bleak and horrifying. But also, kind of, I was a bit frustrated that the show is about to finish, and it's actually suggesting all of this without actually getting its hands that dirty. You know, all the stuff we heard about about the fires and the attacks. It's all like whispered, you know, we don't see any of it. So it's, it's a funny one yeah. to sort of contend with, I think. I think it was, I think it was left pretty, I think it was left purposefully ambiguous yeah. and and slightly woolly. Like I was watching it and what fire they mentioned with all yeah. these places, Michigan, Kentucky, it's like all these kind of states being banded around. And then I think it was purposely meant to be slightly confusing because that's I think genuinely so. how it must be on in those situations. Um, yeah, yeah. I get, I get what you mean about the, I, I listened to the official podcast first thing in the morning as well. And Jesse Armstrong was on that. Um, and he kind of said that, said that, um, it was the election. He wanted to end succession on an election. Right. So Logan's death almost, re they reverse engineered Logan's death Yeah, because of this, because, because I think, and it makes sense when you think about it, because the one person that was really missed in this episode more than ever was Logan. Mm. It was like, if ever it's, it was, it was kind of obvious that no one in there is qualified to be doing the job that they're doing currently. It was, it was tonight. Logan yeah. would have sorted all this out without even blinking. You know, I think the, the kids alluded to it, didn't they? He's, he's started, he's, he's ended wars. You know, he started, when did he start a war by a fax or something, or ended an yeah, election yeah. by a fax in Canada or something yeah, like that yeah, was kind yeah. of insinuated. A lot of the war stories came out, didn't they, about yeah. about this trailblazer. Also, it's worth remembering, Logan was the one who kind of anointed Jared, Men Jared Menken last season. Yeah. You know, he started this and the kids have to finish. And the only one that kind of really backs Menken is Roman. And it's partly, I think because he knew Logan, his dad chose him. Mm. But there was something, you know, there's something quite, I think, quite um, powerful about this this terrifying male figure. Like, he's been ruled by his dad for so long that he is almost sort of ensnared by this, like, villainous, like, boogeyman. And we, don't, we haven't seen this guy that much at all. I haven't heard him speak that much. And I thought no, that was the another guy. thing that they yeah. did by design was that you didn't see him. And when he was talking at the end of the episode, when he does his like victory speech, I was, I found it quite jarring because I was like, 
oh, God, I actually forgot what he sounded like, or I forgot yeah. how his face went when he smiled. And it was a bit like when Trump won. And, and you're just like, remind me, was, the, was, was he the guy that Shiv and, and Logan fell out about when they wanted the photo taken in the yeah. lobby? of the, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, you're absolutely right. I, the end of the show felt to me exactly how I felt watching the news reports when Trump mm. won. I was like, yeah. God, this is just fucking sad. It's just it's like, really, yeah. But I think no, you're definitely... No one wants this, you know. It's like, no. I mean, it's, the funny thing also is, though, I mean, there was no, you know, we. I heard loads of good things about this episode this morning. There was no way the other guy was going to win. We knew this was going to happen. And yet the reality is still quite horrifying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I think was, you, you said something just a second ago, which was like, yeah, we're deliberately not seeing things. We're in this sort of weird neutral zone where news is coming thick and fast and we don't know what's going on and what's taking taking um, precedent. And that was clearly sort of by design because the whole thing took place in these crowded rooms and lots of things. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was really interesting, definitely. I think the, the kids had some of the most frank conversations they've ever had. Yeah. And I think you could tell for all of them, the stress was just a, a, a breaking point. Well, they've um, been, you know, they've been skirting around each other with their own agendas. Or actually, that's not really fair. Roman's never had his own agenda. You know, Roman, no. to be fair to Roman, he, you know, he came across pretty awful in this episode, but he's the only one that's stayed on the, on the path that they all agreed. Yeah. Um, and he's the one that's the closest to Logan, which is we have to make a decision on what is good for the company. That is the only, that's, that's why we're here. Yeah. We're not political activists. We're not political campaigners. We're not politicians. Yeah. And he, his, but I think his commitment is so, so devout. And he is kind of like flying a plane into a building in this episode. He's so, um, like it's just charging around, isn't he? Like it's quite yeah. odd, but it does but also, feel like he's been he's been sort of radicalized by this by this sort of enchanting demon that is uh, that is running. And one thing, and sorry to hark, hark back to the, the the other podcast again. One thing that Jesse did point out was that you know they use these big conversations about the country, but really mm. they're just griping at each other and like you know it's like oh. Can uh, Dad shift spilt chocolate milk in the Range Rover? Or in, in this episode, it was yeah, um, yeah. In this episode, it was uh, uh, chicken and steak. Chicken steak. Whenever I wanted roast, you know, blah blah blah. But we always ended up having roast chicken. And yeah, and Ken was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You know, it's yeah. And you can kind of see they're so detached from the from all of that. But Shiv is the only mm -hmm. one that really sees the consequences because she's been on the other side. Or, or at, I guess at least has some empathy. The other two don't really seem to have any empathy, although Ken, yeah. it only really kind of threw up a dilemma for Kendall when, you know, his daughter got pushed by, I guess, like some Jan the Sixth kind of yeah, in yeah, the streets exactly. or something exactly. like that. It's um, interesting how though, it's interesting how late he's realised the impact of his decisions. Like yeah, he's only weird. now going, and he's only just told Roman in this episode, he said, Sophie got like shoved and he's even then he only he's found like out yesterday yeah but still you know it's yeah. like it's it's only just getting 
becoming clear to him yeah. that there are there are implications, and also he's not been worried about all the people that aren't his daughter that are getting shoved. It's, yeah, exactly. This, oh, I didn't think the you know uh, face eating leopard party would eat my face. Exactly, which is that very common thing people tweet when yeah, yeah, yeah. you know they voted Tories and then the Tories do something anyway. Um, so yeah, but, but something that um, I think you touched on also was just that sort of sense of a father. Um, I thought there was something interesting about this episode with Kendall and his children. And he, he talks to Shiv about being a good father. And he said, maybe the poison yeah. just drips down. Yeah. I think a lot of, a lot of this and a lot of his re- resistance was, I, I might be condemning my daughter to like a really difficult life and trying to, he's sandwiched between his daughter and his father and he's trying to act in honor in, in a way that can honor both of them. But you, what they want are diametrically opposed. And I thought there was a lot of that. And I, I, what I'd really like, we haven't talked about the end that much, but I think Kendall being a good dad would be a really lovely way to end this show, yeah. which is That's coming true. home early, picking his kids up, just being there for them. Because, you know, even when he's telling his daughter, like, don't worry about the car, sweetheart. I sent it to protect you. They're like, we're terrified. <laughs> we're terrified. There's a fucking, yeah, there's a, there's a man with a gun in a car. A blacked us. out car trailing I didn't know us. I which side he was on. Yeah. But exactly. wouldn't, you th- wouldn't you think he'd tell them, I'm going to send protection? And yeah, instead- but I just think you got to, you think about, and this is one thing I wanted to talk about, was how fluid time is in, in this season and how this, mm. how this one day an episode thing isn't really working for me as well as I think it did at the start of the, yeah. the season. Because yeah. you have moments like this where it's just like, well, you just fucking tell him or you do this or you do that. But then you think, right, okay, I'm Kendall Roy. Yeah. I've, in the past four days, my dad's died. I've mm-hmm. flown to fucking Sweden or Norway or wherever it was. Had a massive like row with a dude on top of a, <laughs> top of a mountain you know on the on the plane on the way back this happened then the next day there was a wake uh which like it all went to shit and uh found that piece of paper with like all this 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 was like the next day then the next day after that was the tailgate party Mm -hmm. and the next day after that was 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 uh the presidential election and And the day after that funeral and the day after that is a funeral (laughs) and so it's kind of like i would forget my own name if all of this was happening to me yeah i think so and and something like that car thing he would have literally kendall his character is always like oh let's just do this let's do this great let's move on to walked out of the room into a different meeting someone would have heard that going why can't i fucking protect my kids we need someone to protect my children and someone would have gone that was an order right okay i'm gonna okay tony can you stop following them around that's yeah i can i can see how that kind of shit happens yeah yeah the 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 day the one day per episode is is as you say it's i think it's been a really interesting idea i like it in principle i think it was novel for four episodes i think now i'm like well it's not a bombshell as much when shiv mentions that she's pregnant because she only found out four days ago yeah the way of withholding it from Tom hasn't really been realised because maybe that's normal when you've been you know, out four days after you, you, I don't yeah. know. But I just, I think it's more to do with the fact that <clears throat> the believability of it all is, is, yeah. is, t- is a tough, is a tough yeah. one because it, it pulls me out of the story a little bit. 
And also, um, who has arranged that? Fu- is it Marsha just done all the funeral in the last four I, days? I think she and that's what I mean. There's like a, like a, it's quite an easy thing. Let's just like Marsha can just be in the background doing it, and we'll yeah. put <laughs> we'll put a quick scene where Connor's phoning Kendall up, complaining that Marsha's doing everything, and are we okay? Because that puts that whole thing to bed. And actually, that 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 to me feels like uh, hmm. I think it could probably done better you know i don't know that's it seems like i think you're right it seems like a scene to explain away a problem and that's something that succession's never really done that much it's like it's like in the in this episode we had to have that call in the i think the call at the end where he was asking to go and see his kids was Mm. just was purely there okay mainly probably there to reiterate about wanting to be a good dad, but also a mechanic to remind the viewers that next week it's the funeral. Yes. Because you also know? that call took place, what, six hours after the one at the start of the episode? Yeah, it would have been Maybe. fucking three in the morning as well. And he would he would know, like, yeah. he would know what time it is. Yeah, I think you're look, right. I, I think, I, think I, hate, I hate I hate getting into the weeds of stuff like that because it sounds so pedantic and pithy, but it actually does snap me out of the... Of, of, of the story yeah, when I'm I, I think it. it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's pedantic. I think it's. It's a very rare conceit for a show to do, and it's worth just kind of opening up a dialogue about why and to what extent it was successful. I mean, I just think there were too many events to cram in. I like the one day a thing. Yeah. Had there not been a present maybe had there not been a present well, the, the, maybe the end you know, in season two, in season two for example every episode is an event but to your point they take place three weeks apart a month apart four yeah. days apart so it feels more realistic on the other hand i suppose if anyone has a big event every day across 10 days it's rich people right yeah. they don't have errand days where they you know take the bins out they just are constantly filling their time with Crazy Big stuff, things. just to feel less dead inside. Um, yeah. It, yeah, it was. Um, it, I don't love the the, the political stuff generally. Um, not because I'm stupid, although I am quite stupid when it comes to politics. But even w- w- one of the things that I always felt Succession was so good at was highlighting how useless and unnecessary quite a lot of these people are. And mm. here we find out that they have inadvertently made one of the biggest decisions in global politics. Yeah. It's a weird thing to pass where you're like, cause I kind of find with ATN Tom's in charge, but like last season he was ahead of cruise ships season before that he was involved in the park. I'm like, is there no, are there no, like, is there no senior directorship at this, at this company? I mean, if we take it to be Fox, is it literally Rupert Murdoch, his sons, and then like one one div- like bureau chief? Yeah, that had- yeah. That that I mean, look, I've worked I in news. Like my brain is breaking. I mean, the bit the bit that I found most realistic was the bit where the kids were kind of like literally just walking onto the floor and like that fucking happens. Fuck. Yeah, it might not. You know, they might not walk onto the floor. But you're not telling me that at some point Rupert Murdoch's not texted the presenter while he's on air. Well, this was the thing about the the, the Dominion lawsuit that Fox recently settled is that yeah. he was the Trump called Murdoch to be like, you need to you need to come out in support of me. Yeah, and that they knew they knew they were like we can't. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, that so was the is... bit for me that, that I genuinely thought, yeah, that is that is bang on. And that structure, that's a family-run business, you know? Well, this is it. This is it. I suppose yeah, not yeah. every, you know, ITV would not be run like that. And they I do have the, they do have those layers, but they're layers like Carl and Hugo and Frank. And, and they all and... Uh, seem to be somewhere else, the well, C-suite. They've been, yeah, they've, they're... Well, is it because they're all the ones that have been fired? Well, I guess, yeah, they're all... They're, they're on the they're off. on the kill list, but also they it's two days since blah 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 blah. They might have yeah. you know, it's just it, that's the thing with that with that I have to kind of keep going, well, it was only yesterday that such and such yeah. maybe they're just <laughs> busy picking up the pieces from etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Whereas like yeah. you like you said, like before months or weeks had passed in between these events, so everyone had regrouped and everyone needed to be there. So it's mm. it is a difficult one, but you know, we saw we saw a bit of, we only saw like a few reaction shots. We we did have that line from, the line from Hugo where it was yeah. kind of like, where it was like, oh, respect the process, count every vote. It's so fucking dull. So and it's bo- like, yeah, and they called the, the left guy boring as well. Yeah, exactly. Because they're in the business of, of entertainment. Of show business. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And um, this is what a lot of people say about Biden. They're like, oh, he's, he's not much of a charmer, is he? And you're he's like, so well, old. He's, he's so doddery. He's, it's like, I'd rather have him and not a rapist. Yeah. And also like we, you know, not, not to go too political, but our prime minister is like 42 and has got mm. no experience. <laughs> doing anything other Rishi, than Sunak is far, Rishi Sunak's far duller than Joe Biden. Yeah. But I think, one, I think it's shocking that yeah. in the one hand in America, you've got, you know, you, you have to be, a, they're all a certain age. And then we've got like a, a really, really young prime minister who's actually not really spent a lot of time working in different government departments. His main no. job has been, you know, just managing a billion pound empire. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I tell you who I liked in this episode. I really liked Greg. Um, you know, not always been a character that has a great deal of um, importance. Mm. And there was a really lovely moment where him and one of Jess. the other assistants, Jess. Yeah, yeah. He kind of says to her, like, I'm going to deliver the verdict. And they both sort of have this moment together where it's like, wow, well, you could tell them anything. You know, you could tell them anything. Yeah. You could, you know, but obviously Tom comes up right behind him to obviously verify what he's saying. But they have this weird realisation that they're these very passive, small cogs in this giant machine. Yeah. Greg said, oh, you know, it's not like if I don't say anything, anything's going to be any different. I'm just passive. I'm yeah, literally just... Yeah, but what but yeah they loved... both took a break. I think I, I enjoyed that scene as well because it was a real kind of like, the country's going to change forever in, in two minutes' time and it's going to yeah. be down to the words that have come out of your mouth. And it's right like, now, we're the ones that know and yeah. we're about to tell the people that will announce it, that will declare, you know, it was, it was very quite seismic. Yeah. Um, I thought Greg was interesting though, because he, first of all, you know, I've been saying this, like he's goofy, but he's no fool. He went out with Lucas's crew. Yeah. He ends up really sort of working his way into that inner circle. He's been dealing information. He's like told them all about some of the comings and goings. He then relays to Tom and later to Kendall about Shiv's involvement with Lucas, which yeah. blows up the whole partnership of the kids. Oh. And I think it's so... Shiv also threatens Greg at one point 
and says, you know, I'm going to pull your insides out of your asshole. Yeah. And he knew even then, because he tried saying, like, what's my silence worth? And she yeah. just berates she got, him. Silence is golden. How golden? Yeah. And, you know, she's like, just comes up with this really silly, like, threat. Like, I'm going to pull your intestines out of your bum or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. you could see when he leaves, he's just kind of like, is that all you've got? Like, cartoons? Yeah. Threat. Like, because she dismissed him, he just went, all right, fuck you. And I really loved that, because I'm like... He's learning and he's actually quite smart. Yeah, the look the look that he gave Shiv through the window at the end when he after Kendall had spoken to him. Yeah. Was just kind of like What the fuck were you what was I supposed to do? Fuck you. Come on then. Come on, disembowel yeah. me. Um the the blow up between the kids was great. I mean Oh everything true, is was, heightened, isn't it? But it was I mean, again, Sarah Snook's eye acting. She just has these, you know, when you're a kid and you like cried and cried and cried and cried and your eyes went cryy. Mm. She has those great cry Cry eyes. eyes. Cry eyes. And, but also, and it's again, it's like, how do you act? Um, It's, I, my arsehole clenched in the, in the same way that I think hers was when, when, Kendall went on the phone there was just that look you know it's almost like the hairline goes back you're like oh the look of kind of like fuck it's like like, you you just get cold and clammy yeah yeah your stomach just drops she just she just portrayed that in an absolute heartbeat it was fucking brilliant to watch it was as tense as when Roman sent his dad the The dick dick pic. pic yeah but the thing that I love about it is the the sort of central tension is she went to call Nate to be like, if you can kill the deal, we'll back you. Mm-hmm. She doesn't do that because she doesn't want the deal killed because she wants yeah. to be close to Lucas to get close to some proximity of power when the deal goes through. Yeah. So she doesn't want to kill the deal. She kind of, does she like pretend to call him or what? Yeah, yeah. you heard out. like the phone, you heard the phone kind of like just going through to like, almost like this in the olden days, we used to call the speaking clock, you know, it's that kind of thing. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so she goes and does that and we can see, first of all, we see her in the meeting room talking the talk. Yeah. And then it cuts to her side of the glass and it's like, the number you have dialed is currently yeah. out of service. And so, so she says that. Ken is just like, fuck it, I'll call him myself. Because she kind of comes back and says, yeah, he's really into it. Um, she, was, she was bad at lying. That was the thing. Is. She didn't She didn't take a breather and go, right, what's my line here? She just walked straight back in. And it was like, well, what did he say? Oh, he said, yeah, it sounds promising. It's like, yeah. And, and Roman, quite she... rightly, says, what did he fuck? Mm. Mm. Uh, what ex- and then Ken was like, what exactly did he say? And she, and I think that was the moment where she was like, she didn't, she couldn't, she was like, oh, I can't really remember. It's like, nah. And she starts stammering away. So Ken calls her, uh, calls him himself. And we just watch each side of the glass and we watch Kendall kind of realising the numbers out of service or the numbers turned off or whatever. Ergo, yeah, what do we think? I think he got, no, I think he got through to Nate. I think he just phoned Nate up. I don't think oh, she even do phoned. I don't think she even phoned Nate up. Oh. She just phoned some rando number, and he. That is such a weird thing to do. Yeah, and he phoned. He phoned Nate up and was just like, and Nate was obviously like, "Look, I'm fucking busy. Uh, I haven't spoken to Shiv. What deal?" 
Oh, I, think I thought it. Uh, yeah, this is a good thing to discuss. I wonder if anyone else had this. I thought because it rang out that he was like on the phone or airplane mode or whatever, and then Ken did the same thing and got the same response and was like, "Well, if y- I can't get through to him, you mustn't have got through to him." But no, you're saying no. that he actually just had the conversation that she pretended she had. Yeah, realized right. she was lying out of her ass. Hundred. So, but it's amazing because then you know you've got this long boardroom. Ken walks the length of the corridor, so you see him on the other side of the glass, talks to Greg. Greg pulls out the fatal blind item that she's in with, with Lucas. Yeah. And and Tom said to him at the start of the episode, you know, it's, information is like a fine wine. Like you yeah. hold it, use it when necessary. And he plays and a blinder. Smash, their, smash them in the face with it. Plays yeah. a blinder. So I, oh. I, I love that because... Um, well, yeah, Kendall, kids- had already, Kendall had already put the pieces together about Matthew. Yes. That yeah. was the second. He was just like, you fucker. Yeah. And then he just got Greg to confirm it. And she just falls apart and she's out. She's booted out. Oh, she's done. Um, she, she's toast. Although they still then went on to have the kind of philosophical question about Matt's, about um, Menken's mm. uh, call. You know, she was still there and they still talked about it. Um, yeah, I'd have, I think I'd, the ground would have swallowed me up had I been like found like that. I'd have just it's crazy on. though, because, you know, the brothers unite against her. Roman doesn't realize Ken's got this one kingdom, one crown kind of plan. Mm. Well, that's, but Shiv does, Shiv knows that now. And Shiv knows. Yeah. I thought the scene with Kendall and Shiv was really good where she's like, you're not a bad dad. You're doing yeah. your best. What well, I thought that. I thought it was a really beautiful scene. You know, mm. it was like, it was the most honest. I think either of any of it the was. kids have been to each other. It or was. at least Kendall's been to anyone for a long, long time. On a, yeah, more, or I think more than the conversation in the finale last year when he talks about killing the kid. Because yeah. they in, initially, ca- they just countered that with a joke and they moved on. This was very like... Well, it's because this affects them. She, yeah. You know, he was honest enough to say, well, I'm going to tell you this because I want to talk it through. I'm thinking of fucking you over. You know, I yeah, want this he's like, I, and I, I don't, don't need to do it. I don't, I don't want know. to do the family thing or whatever. He says yeah. something like that. Uh, they seem to understand where they were coming from. And I think she conceded out of, I don't know, some kind of respect, but also she was like, well, I'm going to fuck you over anyway. So I don't care what company you're running because I'm going to be with Lucas. I think she just looked, took that as, as kind of collateral to use against him. So that she, yeah. because, which we may see next week. Roman, though, we has has the ear of the president now you know he's really hocus figured pocus out. i love that i'd love that he's still the same even talking to a president yeah he's still you know yuck, 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 like doing his goofy little what was it uh, weird you and, jokes. Across, uh, over the road into the bar or something like that you and me we're going to go far across the road and into the bar or yeah something like that. that was a great yeah. saying yeah he is right though where he's he's like we can have morals in on a personal level but we are immune from anything this man is going to do like because it doesn't affect us and it yeah. is obviously gross because he's his speech was all about cleaning up democracy and cleaning up politics and it, there was a lot of like sterilizing language oh they may as well yeah they may as well have said build the wall and like uh, yeah yeah but it, it's fascinating how quickly Roman has decided this is the man who... He's always been drawn to these sort of toxic um, 
alpha males. You know, I'm sure Mencken, what was the thing with Mencken and their dicks? Was something last season. There was him and and Lucas. Lucas, they pissed on someone's phone. But I'm sure there was something with Mencken where they were uh, okay. at that thing, at that king making session last season. Does I don't I don't think it ever is as deep as anything psychosexual. But like I think Roman is just drawn to these sort of slightly freaky monsters. Yeah, well, he's just you know he, he's he can't kid a kidder. He sees he sees yeah. himself and you know the slight deviance, the slight kind of brokenness. Yeah, deviance is it? it yeah. Um, um, Someone, someone mentioned something and I don't know, I'm just checking to see if it was on um, a YouTube comment or not, but I thought it was quite, quite interesting. The, mm-hmm. the phrase, um, the phrase, well, that wasn't a very nice thing to say. Do you remember when um, Tom said yeah. that to her? That has been She's, said, that's been she said. She said that to him. She said that balcony. to him. It's been said also by one of the other kids already. So there's there's some like theories going around about what, what that means. Oh, well, that's not wow. a very nice thing to say, is it? So uh, it, I, put, yeah, I'll put that out to the listeners as well. Yes, um, let us know. Well, I thought we talked about it last week a bit because we saying that it was like, it was like something a child would say. Yeah. Where you get raised on this very, very like, yes. Yeah. yeah. So, something we actually should have talked about at the top of the episode, but now is as good a time as any, is you sent me a great piece uh, last Monday ah, in Vanity Fair yeah. uh, about Shiv's pregnancy. And the, the the piece was called Why Hasn't Anyone Talked About Shiv's Pregnancy on Succession? Like, why why do none of the characters know? Yeah. And it was an in, interviewed some of the people that worked on the show. And one of the details that is really striking is that by episode seven, which was last week's episode, uh, they hadn't actually written the scene where Shiv finds out yeah. she's pregnant. Yeah. So I you know, ride or die for this show. But I do think it's worth, all season people have said, oh, this is very, very clever the way they've kept this from everyone. But actually, it wasn't they just all. hadn't written they it at this point. They decided she was pregnant. They yeah. hadn't decided. And they've kind of reversed, they put it in, uh, you know, afterwards. And I just think it's an interesting detail about how these shows get made, that yes, it's incredibly rare to eke it out for this long, but it was also kind of not by design. They just hadn't written it at this point. Well, I wonder, I wonder if it was put in purely because Sarah Snook was pregnant. And I, I honestly kind of wondered that. And a body, I did you know, that. just in case she started showing, it would yeah. have made them avoid having to do that thing where all of a sudden actresses are standing behind sofas. And yeah, you know, I, I also wondered if just after they looked at the dailies from um, the balcony fight where Tom is like, and I don't think you should have children or you would be a good parent to a child or whatever. I kind of wonder if they looked at all that back and they went, this would be so much better if she was pregnant. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Cause it is, I mean, it's a horrible yeah. thing to say, but her mother said a similar thing to her last season at the wedding. Yeah, that's right. She's like, yeah, you yeah. should, some people shouldn't have children and you're like, that's horrible, but it, it, you can't hit that nerve again. Yeah. It would only be good if you can then take it to the next level, which is, and she's pregnant. But yeah. We should talk about the the pregnancy reveal in this episode because Tom finally yeah. finds out. And th- what did I you thought think that was a that? really interesting exchange because yeah. Shiv Shiv apologized. Like Yeah, first. And, yeah. And I don't and Tom was just did not give a fuck. 
just not interested in the slightest. He was, he, she's dead in his eyes, really. It's kind of like he, there was no, he wasn't trying to hide it. He didn't really care what the other brothers thought. I think Mm -hmm. because he knows he's got the sack. I mean, you know, last, that's the problem. If you you kick a man while he's down, it's like, where's he, where's Tom got left to go? Um, he can't really care. His wife hates him. He knows he's going to get fired. And, and as we saw at the end of the episode, he he's the scapegoat for this, the whole, the whole, um, he's the face, the whole call. He's the face of ATN. And everyone was calling for his blood by the end of it for prematurely calling Menken. So, but I was interesting. Why do you think Shiv apologized first? What did you make of it? I often think that, you know, because this is essentially a workplace drama and they're the only people that have a life together. Like they're married, they they have had a sex life, they're in a relationship. So I'm often really interested in where, what their relationship's like in the office and what it's like when it's not in the office. And mm. I think she has way more status than him. This is her inherited kingdom potentially. And I kind of wondered if she pities him because he's coked out, exhausted. I mean, flapping around like crazy and I kind of wondered if it's a peace thing but because I think she is kind of the the least spiteful of the kids like I I feel like she I don't find Kendall very spiteful no but then I think he's he's you know he's nuts yeah I don't know he I mean he got rid of Volta I suppose he got rid of Volta because his dad told him to but I think yeah why did she why did she concede I think just because she was like, look, I'm actually not that stressed today. I like, love that you call it concede. Is that when when you and Rob have a row? Do you go, uh, Robert? I am about to concede. Me and Rob do not row. You take a white glove, slap him around the face with it. Concede this, sir. Concede is a good a good. Concede is that, is, not, a, is that the right context? Is that the right? Yeah, word? yeah, it is. Yeah, you concede an argument. Yeah, yeah, concede. Well, I concession. Know we, do, we, concede. Do, yeah. we we are both very conflict avoidant. We're very. We just talk it out. No, no one raises their voices. Very, wow! Yeah, holy shit! Complete opposite. Um, <laughs> hi, Rob. If you're listening, <laughs> hi, babes. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, I, I think that yeah, she she probably feels. I mean, maybe she just maybe she, I, I'm intrigued why she mentioned it, the pregnancy. Yeah, I think that it's not the, the um not the place. What's that? <laughs> It's not the place, is it? Like No, it's not. But also her kind of shock and indignance at Tom's reaction to the pregnancy. I was yeah. quite surprised about it because I kind of see where he's coming from. It's like I totally think that if I was in that position, this is the first I'd heard of it, I'd be like, you are making this up. I mean, I might think it. Maybe I wouldn't say it, I think is the thing. Yeah. But then he's on only, only lined his tummy with bodega sushi. <laughs> Hang on a second. Sushi. And hang on a second. Can we just... So I'm told that was an extraordinarily tiny amount of cocaine, darling. That was doing nothing. <laughs> Wouldn't know. Um, no, but me neither. Yeah. No, it's just it's, it's from funny, what I've seen you know, in films. Yeah. But, yeah. but I, just, I just don't think... I mean, it wasn't. I can see why she would be like, "Oh my god, that's the most hurtful." I didn't think that was. Maybe it says more about me than it does Succession, but I didn't find that to be like that bad. It was like, "Well, what are you I expecting just think, to say?" I think she maybe thought that she had this amazing ace up her sleeve mm. and pulled it out, and it was just 
a string of handkerchiefs and it's like, wait, it it didn't work. Like oh, I that- had this You've only got his fucking sausages. <laughs> yeah, it is exactly that. I think she honestly thought she was like, I'm going to tell him I'm pregnant. He's going to realize what awful thing he said to me last night. Yeah. And it's going to like ruin him. And then he just goes, don't believe you. Is that you. even true? Yeah. Like, I think, I mean, he doesn't realize what a blinder he played because yeah. he just robbed her of having any like one-upmanship. Yeah, true. Um, no, that's a good point. That's a very good but point. But I, I think, yeah, I mean, after the way that they are, I mean, it's just not the place to tell him or maybe he thought that like, if she was going to tell him, it would be, you know, that's when she'd get real and sincere with him. And she's just never like that with him. Um, but I yeah. find them just, I find them fascinating. And I think their, their constant turbulence as I didn't realize at first when we watched this show, just how central they were to a lot of this. It's like, they're all they're all the big moments of Tom and Shiv. The wedding in season one, the yeah. the potential threesome and the, the big chat on the island in season two where he says, I think the hurt I would have from not being with you would still not be as great as the how sad I am when I'm around you. Such a great and then, line. Such a and then such last a season tragic line. She just tried to send him to jail every week. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I mean it has, yeah. Tom is Tom has suffered a lot in this season, more than most. He really has. Yeah. I, I want... But I, let's talk about this with Tom, though. Like, y- you were saying, you know, he he kind of is getting the flack for all this now. He's the face yeah. of everyone's calling him. You know, it's such a good microcosm for this show because he wants more power, he wants more status, he wants more responsibility... And when you give him the keys, he doesn't know where to fucking put them. He no, cannot, I mean, it was a shambles. He spent no the whole conviction. thing at the beginning kind of prepping himself, going, it's my call, it's my call, it's my call. I, yeah. I could, I need a coffee, otherwise atomic war is going to happen. And, and actually, and, and, and in yeah. the end, he was going, it's not my call, it's up to you guys. Yeah, yeah. just as soon, but, but the kids, are, uh, uh, Roman is kind of clever because he wields a lot of power, but is not seen to be doing so. Tom wields no power and is seen as the person responsible. And it's the, you know, I think because he'd sort of grown up with less money and because he's been quite status obsessed, the title and the idea of the the power is more enticing. And I think, I just find it fascinating. I was thinking today, like, does he think he's doing a good job? Mm. Probably. If yeah, he got demoted, does, does wh- where does he go? Does he now think, well, I have to be a CEO? Like, it's just fascinating how not good he is. And yet it's always someone else's fault that he's not thriving or, or succeeding. Well, he's, let's, you mentioned his career trajectory and he's been parachuted into all the mm. roles there yeah. because it's something that the family need to control the narrative over. Whether yeah. it's the cruises, yeah. <coughs> whether it's theme parks, with what was the what was the creepy guy? What was his name? What did they all call him? Oh, the Mo funeral. Mo Lester. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and Willa so, like didn't know that it was yeah. a nickname. <laughs> so all of those, all of these things, they have parachuted him in because of his relationship with Shiv, and they they know that he's just desperate to kind of to ascend Mm. all his roles he's only been there to be a mouthpiece for the family and to do their bidding and to cover up corporate and he's just got no sense of judgment you know when this voting thing is set on fire he goes 
Well, just because there's a fire doesn't mean it's news. But it's like well, your just, job is to decide whether it is or not. You he are did that great. It did that great thing that all bad bosses do, which is like member of the team came in at one point quite early on and said, oh, that whoever the woman I thought was Sid. Um, oh, there's the, another woman. I didn't know who the that kind was. of editor in chief or whatever her, yeah, her role yeah. was exec producer or something kind of walked in and said, we've got this going on. What do you want to do about this? This is, and he was just like, I trust you. What that actually means. If anyone ever says that to you, if any boss ever says that to you, it means they cannot be asked to make that decision. I don't even want to think about making yeah. that decision. But lo and behold, if you make the wrong one, you're in trouble. Yeah. So he he tried to he tried to delegate, couldn't even do that properly. And there was the the hyper focus on which which is exactly what happens in newsrooms on those kind of things. I was working in Sky News on the night the Kosovo war began. Oh my and it was, god. It, it was pandemonium. And that the, the, the touch screen kind of like fiasco was exactly what happens exactly what happens something will break all of a sudden like the, the bat phone will ring yeah, we yeah, the touch yeah, yeah, yeah. just be- and it's like logan was sat there watching at night it, it's that kind of thing look at yeah. his head he's got um but, but they're sort of they're just they're, they're all as stressed as if logan is watching and yeah, the, but- the fact is it's like he's gone it's what you would know. dad do? Who know, you know, yeah. And it was mentioned. I can't. Fuck no. Who knows? He's not here. He's dead. It's, you know? Somebody said something online. I can't, I can't remember who it was, or I would have given them credit for it. But it was just something I saw this morning that um, it was kind of like they're all. It's all as if their god has died. Like yeah. some of them get really devout. Some of them are like trying to think like him. Roman has just gone like nihilistic. Like there's no point in in any of this. Yeah. Because God's dead or never existed or whatever. I thought it was really clever that, but there is, Logan still feels uh, integral to this show. Cause it's like, he does, there's, they're all as uh, acting as if he's able to judge them rightly or wrongly. Like that stern disapproving glare. And it's like, he's gone, he's dead. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Uh, honorable they, mention, honorable mention, please to the demise of Connor Roy's uh, presidential campaign. Um, it was, it did have, which, which resulted in the one laugh out loud moment for me, which was during Connor's concession piece. It cut back to Carl who went, Connor was running for president. <laughs> which was like, <laughs> they, which was like honestly, really funny. That's so mean. So he's, he is going to, where is he going? Slovenia. Some, he got, he kind of got what he wanted, didn't he? Yeah. Willa's thing was like. Oh, we can go to Geneva for lunch and we can go here for dinner. And she's thinking of all the ways she can leave. Also, loved, Willa was looking, I thought, very first lady in her sort of red, red dress. It, I found it just sad when Kentucky, when Kentucky went for Mencken, you know, like seconds after they've said there's still hope. Schrodinger's cat. Schrodinger's I cat. I know. I loved that because we were talking about that on the podcast. I think it was when I was talking about um, The Sopranos, but it's that, for people who don't know, it's that idea that um, if you put in a cat in a box and I can't remember this whole thing, but the idea is until you look in, it's either dead or alive. Yeah, and until cat, you yeah. know, it's both. It's both dead or alive. Yeah. And so Connor him, his, was saying... His phrase was like, his phrase was like as things currently stand, Connor, I am as much a president as Mencken. Um, yeah, we are sadly, all president. Sadly, five seconds later. But I just thought it was sad because Willa didn't know what she was just like, oh. And she was like, fuck Kentucky. 
No, yeah. Willa. No, Willa. Oh, no. Alas, Kentucky. <laughs> yeah, he got very, like, I think it was very, like, Hamlet. Well, it's something. because of that dickhead that he's had, like, oh, my liege. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like the oh, fucking yeah. guy with the mutton, the oh, kind of moustache. It's awful. Dandy it's awful kind of, it's awful chief of staff. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> It's oh, so I I steady like, my though, I like though that Connor did he did matter in, in, not in a good way but he did concede to help you know it was all part of the yeah to his he credit, mattered he in came, the end and he came up with an idea that neither Menkin nor Roman had thought of he was just like yeah. well you've lost your one percent it's too late now that was Saturday's conversation mm-hmm. and then Connor was like well how about if I concede towards him which isn't a thing. You know, it's like... Right. I didn't... I mean, I didn't really understand what he was proposing, but you're saying it's just the theatrics. So he, he proposed that basically his... He could... He could he could give airtime to the idea that Mencken was the best candidate while the polls were still open. Or, or at least while... To, to encourage... To encourage ATN to call, you know... To... Right. I see. I see. That's That makes sense. That's kind of what I thought, but I didn't quite appreciate that it was his idea and that it's not a thing that people do. <laughs> Well, no, it's not. They just concede. And I think if it's early on, like mm. if it's months before, then, you know, yeah, someone concedes yeah, and say, I'm out. now yeah. backing Hillary Clinton or, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But it, that's in the um, nominations process. Yes. Um, question, who was the actor who was the, who got a wasabi in his eyes? The oh, British actor. He's been Elliot, in some... Um, oh my God, what's he called? He was in Breaking Bad. Was he in Breaking Bad? I thought yeah. he was like Elliot, he was Elliot Schwartz in Breaking Bad. The actor is called Oh yes. Uh, Adam Godley. And he so in Breaking Bad, he was Elliot He was um, the old partner of Walt. The old White, business partner he? that yes. ended up yeah, yeah, yeah. marrying Walt's like Is he not first British though? I thought oh. I, I I watched it and I thought he was he like He is British, I, yeah, he is British. I thought he was Harry Potter's dad or something like that. Has he been in Harry? Was he in any of the Harry Potters? Or I him? don't think I know he's got the a guy very you Harry Potter esque kind of face. He was in. Oh my god, he's been in loads. He's been in lots. Quantum of Solace. Uh, he's one of those guys that when he. Oh my god, he was. Oh my god, he was the music teacher in Love Actually. <laughs> he was also. I think he was um, Charlie Bucket's dad in. The he was, yeah. Of, uh, Charlie and Chocolate Factory. He was in. Um, He's been in. He was in Mad Men for one episode. Wow. Don't remember that. I don't remember which one. But He's had a good career. Suits, He's Homeland. He's had a good Umbrella steady. Academy. He's probably richer than a lot of a listers um, you know, he's one of those guys that when he, it's a bit like, um, oh my god, there's so many actors like him who like I literally could not tell you their name, but you know when they pop up and you're like, oh, this is going to be a good episode. Yeah. <laughs> there's the guy. I God, I literally can't remember his name, but he was. Um, he guest starred in Frasier and he was um, Hannah on Girls' therapist. And okay. he's just one of those old school like actors where you're like, I just love seeing, love yeah, seeing yeah, a good yeah. actor getting work. But yeah. Uh, yeah. he was brilliant. I loved him in this. And as, as the sort of sane voice in the room, and I just thought that the, it was not lost on me that his name was Darwin, you know, Origin oh, of, of course, Species. Yeah, 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 you know, yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. There's something so like humanity is at stake. Yeah, Darwin is the one with logic, reasoning, science, maths, and then you've got all these crazy people being like, "Yeah, yeah." Those character brilliant. actors are just amazing, though. There's one called Bill Camp, okay. Who, Bill whenever Camp. you see that, whenever you see Bill Camp, 
And whenever you see him appear on screen, you go, Oh my God. Yes. Okay. This is going to be a good, this is going to be a good show. He was in the Queen's Gambit. Ah, yes, he was. Yeah. He has just such a good actor face. Yeah. Do you know what? I think just free idea for anyone a podcast called Character Actor and you just interview all of these people that, you know, they just do probably do like 25 mm. bit parts a year. And it all, I just, okay, I might pitch Good that. Good idea. <laughs> Bring that to Daft uh, Doris. We'll any other... AOB? Um, AOB? Any other business? Any other business, great, yeah. Um, well, Lucas wasn't in it a great deal, wasn't doing anything particularly interesting. But nice silk pyjama bottoms. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that'll be on Succession Fashion anytime soon. Um, I put that on my Instagram after we talked about it last week. And now, I'm just saying, a lot of people follow it. Ah, good for you. I sometimes do this. I sort of look and I see, oh, like 19 of my friends are now following them and then like, would like some credit for that, please? Yeah, exactly. Give me the give me the clout. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think. No, he played it quite low key, apart from expressing outrage, like "What the fuck?" Yeah, it wasn't a vintage Lucas episode. No. I did. Can I tell you a little conspiracy corner over yeah, here? Please do. Love a conspiracy. There's a very popular theory doing the rounds that. Last episode, Lucas and Ebba were like, oh no, the numbers in India are fucked. Yeah. And there's a rumour that they are like playing the Roys. That's a double bluff. Yeah. That's interesting. Yes. That's kind of, that would be kind of interesting, right? That they just go. That would be interesting because, and also, you know, the fact that what other reason would he mentioned to Shiv about not wanting the numbers to come out because Shiv was using, Shiv was like picking day after the election as a day to bury bad news and to kind of get it out there. And mm-hmm. she was writing the press release and all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. And he was like, yeah, maybe I was kind of talking to Oscar and Eber and Gregory about maybe not releasing my funky numbers. Why would he not? Because it that's something that just will come out. Yeah. It's interesting because I think, I just don't know if they, they're so preoccupied with everything else. Yeah. I don't know if they're really getting in front of this. I mean, I don't know. I also don't know if we'll get a lot of that next episode because it's the funeral next episode. Yeah, but it's the funeral. Funerals are what, an hour long? Half hour long? I don't, you know, there's not going to be, it's not going to be like an EastEnders funeral. There's not going to be fights in the church, I don't think. You know, I think. Well, yeah. It's an interesting proposition. I mean, I knew, of course, they were going to do a funeral. We know Roman's going to do a speech. It was mentioned in the last episode. But, yeah, it's it's just kind of clear that we're, like, really close to the end. And I think I'm just kind of like, oh, there's so much more. They still haven't got this fucking deal sorted. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, I think it's going to blow up. Yeah, oh, no, 100%. I can't see... I kind of crossing my fingers that it that that it's and that it's a satisfying ending. I don't. I, I, I have trust in. I have faith in Jesse Armstrong and the writers and Lucy Preble and in that they understand what it's like for a viewer watching these kind of shows. Yeah, and they, and they like and then then they aren't afraid. They're not intellectually above. They're not. 
they don't think of themselves as intellectually superior and wanting to educate us and teach us a lesson about ourselves, blah, 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 blah. They know that we do like a drama and a cliffhanger and an mm. explosive this and explosive that because that's why we get Roman with the dick pic. That's why we get Connor at yeah. the side of the glass with yeah. the phone. They understand the dramatic climaxes that, that, that I think yeah. they want. I, I can't place my finger on what kind of tone it's going to be though i can't i just don't think we've been with these people long enough for it to be too you know like no, when I don't mad think men ended too gazing no but be, when it no. when mad men ended i was like oh my god i can't believe i'm never going to see peggy again yeah but when this ends i'm not going to be like oh my god i'm going to miss roman so much and so i think that's, i'm kind of intrigued about and i think i think they'll leave a lot still just like it's another day at the office kind of thing another because, day yeah, yeah yeah because we're just stepping out of the story and i think they quite like the idea of yeah we're just dipping in for the story they're carrying yeah. on you know I so do all think, the, which is why the deals and stuff might not get resolved and it's just you know. i do think also like i think a lot of this episode i mean yes it was about the election but they used the extremity of the election to explore the characters and for, hmm. to, that's what we were saying about having these really human conversations i i think i want to just loop back and say like i think i want it to end with kendall kind of breaking the cycle Mm -hmm. being a good dad i think that would be really nice i think that would be really sweet without being like too clever yeah um and it would make the absence of the kids over the last couple of years make more sense i've forgotten what his son looks like is he called ivor ivor moore or something i can't remember and let's not forget that in the first episode Roman was with a kid. How did he get someone pregnant when he's so averse to sex? And first and last time that child's ever been mentioned. (laughs) I wonder what the gap was between filming the pilot and... um... It's probably a few months. Yeah, they do take a while, don't they? Well, Um, Logan famously wasn't Scottish in the pilot. Yeah, Brian Cox is apparently furious about that. Because that was his idea and they said no. Have you heard just, this on the, was it on the official podcast? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, and then they came up to me in season two and said, are we Scottish now? The Carl mentioned it to him at a read through. He was like, oh, did you hear you're Scottish now? <laughs> what? Fuck off! <laughs> oh, dear. So um, oh, I've enjoyed that. God, I, it's like therapy for me. It really is. Uh, I know it's a bit of a podcast cliche to say, but Aww. I, I do love talking love, about it. I do love, love getting it off my chest and kind of like working it out as we go. Yeah, but um, then what happens is I then, when Rob gets home, we watch it again. And I'm like, I like, because I've already watched it, I'm kind of watching him watching it being like, ah, ah. Yeah, and he's ah. just kind of like, hmm, hmm. And then I'll go, what do you think? Like, what do you think the significance of that was? Well, I'll tell you. And then I go into my whole fucking, you know, I've spent all day thinking about it. And he's just <laughs> like, okay, back off. Yeah. Um, so we'll be watching it again tonight. Um, enjoy Enjoy. I think I'm intrigued to watch it again I'm intrigued to watch it again yeah I've watched it twice I enjoyed it again I enjoyed it the second time but it's generally really good on a second watch I would say Mm. well it's because you I think you spend it's a bit like the West Wing you spend so long trying to work out it's like oh my god there's so many words Mm. so many words being said and and you kind of start you miss a joke and yeah but um, thanks everybody Uh, for being patient with uh, the House of the Dragon, mm. my fault. This uh, with with sorry with Game of Thrones, completely my fault. Life has um, been pretty crazy the past week, and I just we've both had quite crazy weeks though, haven't yeah. we? And, and I just ran doing... out of time. And a bit of honest talk, wasn't really in the mood for it. If I'm just being perfectly honest, I had a lot of stuff to sort out, and um, 
and it would have been, it just wouldn't have been a good episode. So I didn't no, wanna, but you didn't know, you know what? You can't pour from an empty cup. Precisely, precisely. So that's um, what. But that's, we will aim to do. We're going to try and do that this week. We should do that this week. Yeah, we should. I yeah. um, watched. We've watched. I've watched the first two I know, episodes. I've got of reams eight. of notes from these two-hour-long episodes. I it, we're doing two at a time takes longer in terms of prep, but exactly. fucking great. Like I'm so excited to talk about it with you. Yeah. Likewise, um, likewise. We've got loads of thoughts. Likewise. And, yeah, so um, thanks to everyone for being patient. And yep, yeah, that's just, we just got to have, we just needed a bit of a recalibration going on. Yeah. Um, and we'll I be did want to say, before we, get, before we come around to doing um, the Thrones one, Bruce, if you're listening, Man of Bronze, I'm so sorry, like two weeks ago, you did a drawing. We've had our first fan art. Oh my God, I um, know. This was amazing. So we, Bruce. We, did we retweet? Oh my God, I didn't even retweet it. I'm retweeting it right now. Uh, so Man of Bronze, thank you very much. It's on our Twitter, at Dragoncast underscore pod. Our first ever fan art. And I have to say, I've, I look fucking great. I've never been drawn before. Haven't you? In, the, in that yeah. way. I've had, mean, a, I've had a caricature in France once. Um, we, both look, we both look quite European. Yeah. I thought we looked like we'd have been at Eurovision. Yeah, you do look like you've been in. Yeah, I'm wearing I'm wearing a coat of armor, and you're wearing uh, like a little finger type cloak kind of thing. Very nice with a stiff collar. Yeah, I, so, I do I do favor a stiff collar. Oi, oi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, uh, we will get onto it. Um, so don't despair. And we have been kind of working out the future of Dragoncast in between, blah, 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 mm-hmm. which we'll share with you as well. And um, we're still planning on live streaming uh, the final episode, yes. uh, the final two episodes of, um, of Game of Thrones as well. But until until uh, until next week, which will be uh, the funeral, um, I've got to go because um, there's a goose trying to shit a house brick just outside the door. <laughs> this is the Sound of Succession podcast with Jamie E. Stan. Chris Bender is part of the Dragon Cast series where we talk about the best TV shows in the world. HBO, please don't sue us. You know what to do? Like and subscribe. Ah, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs>